I'd too like to welcome each one here this morning. That song, maybe you didn't even think about it, but it went well with my message. Near to God. Do you realize that you're nearer to God now than you were when you started the song? I was supposed to extend Christian greetings from Roman Irene, so I better do that before I forget. So they say hi. I really enjoyed going down, being with Romans for a couple weeks. It was just fun this last time to go and actually see Roman at work. Irene was sick, so we didn't, she didn't get to do a whole lot with Bev, but yeah, just uh, watch Roman work and be able to go into the community and, um, yeah, show my wife what I'd done for a week down there and meet the homeowner, and it was just a, a good experience for us to be down there again. So what is life? Um, All of us have a heartbeat. Uh, Gary mentioned it in the opening about the inner man. That's life. That is who we are. We have that inner man that is in our lives, in this body, and eventually this body will deteriorate and go on its back to the dust of the earth. And But this inner man is what is going to go to, to God. So what is life for you? The here and now. You know, if I was to give you my life story, I would probably bore you, so I'm not going to. But what is your life story? You know, what have you um, pursued in life? What really motivates you into, to be where you're at today? There's a couple times, or I should say several times in my life, where I thought, this was the best thing for me to do at this moment. And then only to regret it later that I should have done something different. But what was the motivating factor behind making that decision? Was what I was pursuing in life. What was best for me. What... What I desired, you know, and, and it's all different. You know, some of us pursue life to the point where, you know, all I can think of is to get married. Some of us, all, all we want is just to, to retire and have a good life. And so I spend all my life with that in mind. So the decisions I made make in life may not be that, but it's that is what I'm pursuing. If, if I really want to go through life where I want to be like the others around me, I'm going to pursue 
and make decisions in my life to pursue that. So what is life? What is your life? What are you pursuing after? In my last message, I, a couple things, uh, verses popped up as I was reading in, in 1 John. So I would like to t- do that. And while you turn to 1 John 5, I'm going to read 1 John 1, 4. Or 1 John 1, 1 to 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then in 1 John 5, I'll start reading at verse 10. I think I'll just read three verses. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Eternal life, what is that? Where does it start, and where does it end? God has given us eternal life. So what do you think of when you think of eternal life? And I would probably open it up. You'd probably say, you know, that I now live with God forever. And that's true. So in this life, how do we view eternity and God. You know, going back to what I just said, you know, in this process of what I'm reaching for, is God a big picture in my life? Is eternity at all present in my thoughts? You know, so often we live by our expectations. And if we don't expect a whole lot of here, of this afterlife, then I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on now. And I think we do way too much of that. As we focus on what we desire in life and and that pursuit that we're focused on. You know, I once heard a young man talk about working and saving money so he can retire and live good. And, and I'm thinking, well, why are you worrying about it now? I mean, this is 40, 50 years later. You can take time to worry about that later. But that was, that was his focus. That was his life. Now, I do enjoy retirement being able to do some things that I haven't done in the past. And 
Yeah, and I've enjoyed that, but that has not been my pursuit in my life, and maybe it should have been, you know, because I still got to work for Gary. (laughs) So what do you think of eternity, eternal life? What is eternity? What is eternal? What is the definition of that when Jesus says, I will give you, through him, it's the only way we can get it, I'm going to give you eternal life. Well, eternal means perpetual, which means never-ending or changing. So eternity means perpetual, which means it will never end. And it will never change. So what you're looking at in the, in, the, in the future is, it, you know, if you, we look at life as being with God and having all the, the splendors of being with him, that's, that's what we look forward to. I don't want to live the rest of my life, or the rest of my life, I don't want to live eternally the next thousand years in this body. I mean, I do enjoy living with my wife and and having the children that I have, but that's not what, because of my body, I don't want to live in it. You know, the aches and pains, and it seems like if you look back the last 20 years, if that changed in the next 20, I don't want to have to spend the next million years in that state of mind. But think of eternity, eternal. The word is used of time past. You know, we have a time where we can say what starts March 13th, 1955, and I'm going to live for eternal. It's going to never end. But... It's not that way. Eternity is, it's always been. You know, if I was to stretch a rope from here to Choice, Mexico, I would put a little dot on that rope. It would be very insignificant. And that's the way it is. My life is only a small dot of something that began where I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine, and I don't think any human in our, our human mind can imagine that. And to think that I'm going to go, I mean, life is going to keep going. And the choice, which I'll bring up later, the choice is, is how I'm going to spend eternity is up to us. The word is used of time past and future, Eternity has always been and always will be. And if we go to Matthew 25, it's used in a different word. And Jesus, in his teachings, used the word everlasting. So Matthew 25, verse 41, it says, Then shall he say unto them, On the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That word eternal 
means uh, everlasting means the same as eternal. So depart from me, you curse it into a fire that will never end. It's eternal. And then he goes into uh, the uh, verse forty-six, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So we see our point of we're drawing near to God in our life. Each breath we take, actually we are drawing nearer to God. So if I was to look at the length of eternity, there is none. I, I can't explain it, except for the fact that it's always been, and it always will be. You know, if I look at the, in the Old Testament and look at Abraham and and even before him, um, some of the the men of God in those stories thousands of years ago, and to think that this is just a little spot. The Bible is just a little dot of what eternity is, and it's really hard for us to grasp for it. But we know it's real. And how do we know it's real? It's because the Bible talks about it, and we know the Bible is real. And God has said that everlasting fire and everlasting um, state of righteousness of being with him. And he has given us a choice of that. So when we are given eternal life, it begins now. And it never ends. We were in a state of eternity, but we were in the state of eternal death as we had in our Sunday school. In times past, we walked as the Gentiles. So we have changed the course of where we're going, but we did not change the fact that eternity is forever. Have you made that choice? Another area I'd like to look at as far as eternity and the eternity being forever. Well, actually, before I get into that, so the whole purpose, someone had said the whole purpose of life is to gain merit for life in eternity. So to think that your life, God given, is giving you life that you can choose where you're going to, to uh, your destiny of where you're going to spend eternity. And it's very, very uh, sobering. Solomon writes about vanity of life. Everything is vanity. Vanity is a vanity. And if you look at, if we look at it and today, we say, well, that's crazy. But if you look at it in the light of eternity, and you, you look at it in the light of, of um, being with God or being in the lake of fire, of torment, it does seem, life does seem vanity. You know, we, we die and we take nothing with us. I, uh, I've heard comments about a U-Haul, never seen a U-Haul at a funeral. Well, I can say now I, I have. I was, well, it wasn't at a funeral. I don't think. 
I don't know. But there was a funeral procession. We were going down a main highway, and traffic on the other side was slow. And here there was a funeral procession coming, and at the tail end was a U-Haul. But I would think maybe the U-Haul had just come up behind it. I don't know. But anyways, um, you can't say that. But no, you'd take nothing with you. The only thing that you're going to take with you is what you have laid up in heaven as treasures. So you'll say, what is, I mean, is there a bank account in heaven where I give money to? What is God saying, what is money? We say, well, I'm going to lay up gold then. And God's going to say, why gold? It's just, we pave our streets here with that. Why do you need that? And you get my point. So what is the treasures that we lay up in heaven? Um, What about those that we have talked to about Christ and they have accepted Christ? What about those that you gave a cup of water? What about those that you clothed, uh, gave them clothes? What about children, the struggles of raising children? All these are treasures that we're laying up in heaven. So we may not think so much about it when we do it, and we may even think it's a burden sometime. We're always... Reaching out, people are needy and so on. But Jesus says, you're doing that unto me. And then if you look at it in that light, it does change how it is. So are you looking at your life as preparation for eternity with Christ? Another area I'd like to look at is eternity is inevitable. It will happen. You know, when you're young, you say, well, that's way off. But it doesn't. People are dying around us all the time. Uh, Babies are dying. Young children are dying. Teenagers, middle-aged, older ones are passing on to eternity. Actually, I don't know... If you know how long a minute is, sometimes minutes go so fast. Um, and sometimes the minutes go so slow. But uh, uh, data says that on an average, there's 120 people die every minute. And I'm thinking that in a minute, in just one minute, There's 120 people who are going to spend eternity somewhere. And so that gives us the finality of of our lives. Our lives here pass from this earth, and we have no idea when we will die, and we have no idea um, how we're going to die or anything. You know, just look around us. You know, just in in people that we know, just in the last week or two, we've had 
um, people that we know that have passed on unexpectedly. Um, there's shootings. There's suicides that are way up. There's wars and rumors of wars. And there's uh, storms, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes are taking lives of people. So dying is going to happen. So, so we just say, oh, well, they died, so what? Well, you know what comes to my mind when someone dies? Were they right with Christ? To realize that this individual now has left this earth, where is he now to spend the forever with. I want to go to Luke chapter 16. Um, Tara brought out a little bit about it in his message here a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. But I would like to look at the rich man and Lazarus. Luke 16, I'll start with 19 to the end of the chapter. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell on the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sore. And it came to pass the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the good things, and likewise Lazarus the evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between me and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which pass would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou shouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have their Moses and the prophets. Let them hear him. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went from unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. The thought I had was two. Two thoughts. One was, once you die, that's your destiny is sealed, and that is it. You cannot die and repent. You cannot um, live a life without God and expect to 
come back to God once you die. And another thing that I see is he is still asking for that drip of water. In this, <clears throat> in this state of mind, of just desiring a drop of water because of the torment, he's still there. He's still in torment. And he will always be that way. So I would encourage you to look at eternity now before it's too late. So how do we prepare for eternity? Um, I think sometimes we in our minds think that we're right and we'll make it. But without God, we will never make it on our own. We can do all good things, but we will never make it. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. So sin gives you that eternal death, the torment. But eternal life, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's a gift given to us, but it's not a gift that is just given to you. And I think that's why a lot of people have rejected that free gift, is because of what it's going to cost. And, and it could be a lot of people don't know about the gift, and people haven't talked to them about the gift. And we would say, it's free. Why, why don't we just, why don't people accept it? Well, maybe they don't know. So it's our responsibility to share that to them. But this gift is to us, but we must accept it. In John 3.16, I should be able to quote it, but um, I don't want to quote it and misquote it. But John 3.16 talks about, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So it's an acceptance of Christ and it's a believing that he is the Lord of my life. So if we, and, and I'm guilty also, but if we are living our lives knowing that God is on the throne of my life, isn't that going to change my decisions I make in life? Isn't that going to change the temptations I face and how I handle it? It should. But so often our focus on eternity is not where it should be. The, our our desires around us is what our focus is, is bigger than what God is. And then Matthew 19, verse 26, uh, 
Everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brother, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So, what do you read on that? Well, I see total commitment to God. That I'm willing to forsake those things around me, not just forsake them as God has given to us, but the forsaking is is those that are trying to take me away from my faith in Jesus Christ. Those are the ones that we forsake. And that, that is really hard. As we think of the Muslims who are coming to Christ by the, the millions, to know that they're forsaking their mother and father and sister and brothers because of persecution. Well, they're actually kicked out. But they choose Christ over, over that. So am I total committed to Christ? Am I willing to sacrifice what I love in life? It may not be uh, talking about uh, wife and children, but what about my houses and what about our land and what about other things in our life? A total commitment to Christ is uh, dying to self and serving him with my life. So am I starting no there there was a I jotted something down here um, there's this rich man who wanted to live happily ever after he wanted to store up all these things in his life, and he wanted to eat, drink, and be merry. And Jesus says, thou fool. And I, <clears throat> I, think, <clears throat> I think if Jesus would look at us in our lives, we would say, thou fool. Why are you storing up all these earthly treasures? When there's needs around us. You say, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, Storing up just in case, which we should. You know, we shouldn't be total dependence on, on people as we get old because we have wasted our substance throughout our life. And we say, well, but thou fool, you could die before you even get there. Or you say, well, I want to save up for, so my children can have a good start in the, their life. And, you know, I've struggled in my life. And he's probably saying, well, thou fool, look where you're at. Look how that has helped you. Why spoil a child to give them what they haven't earned? And I think there's other things that I could have brought in there where Jesus says, would say to us, thou fool, you die... What happens to that? But not only that, is you die, where are your, where are your treasure going to be? 
if you leave your treasures behind, you're, you'll be tormented eternally. But if you put your treasures in heaven, we will live our life eternally with God. And I choose that. How about you? There's a song. I am not going to ask Nathan to sing. But where will you be in a, in a million years? And that's a question that you should ask yourself. <laughs>